This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA, and more. And listeners like you, support this show at patreon.com slash wrestlingmayhemshow. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here. And uh, this is the show where we talk with people in and around independent professionalized wrestling, the new kids, the old men and women of the uh, wrestling genre. And we got to come back here today. Um, but first, please go check out everything at IndieWrestling.us, WrestlingMayhemShow.com for this and other great podcasts and, uh, and, uh, and uh, over 300 interviews we've done on this show with all kinds of people that some of them work for some three-letter uh, uh, feds that you see on uh, on, on primetime now. Uh, so a lot of great history uh, through this program. And also, please, if you have anybody you think we should be chatting with or questions for anybody we do have announced on our Facebook page, please us up at good times at wrestling show.com or 412-206-WMS0 and uh, we can definitely try to get them in here wherever makes sense here and we do appreciate that and keeping an eye out we can't watch all the wrestling and we do kind of get localized here we love having people in the studio whenever possible uh, but we do uh, open the open up the phone lines sometimes most recently we had uh, Gregory Iron joined us actually from Texas not Cleveland <laughs> when he was on uh, a month or so ago and catching up with him too so speaking of catching up like I said we have with us a return we we had for the first time on paul atlas uh sometime uh, i believe mid to late last year and i think the next day i got a message and said here's what we can talk about next time <laughs> <laughs> so i'm glad the interview went well uh paul atlas uh, uh now uh, currently uh, uh, uh announcer for rise wrestling with a y along with jim lamada and formerly a fight director with the fight society yes. of course and um, some other projects coming up uh, uh, but that's not what today's about today's <laughs> about history because I, I i love like and i've said this last time like you're part of a pittsburgh wrestling history that i am not privy to you know i just haven't been in the circles didn't go to the didn't go to the right shows i guess uh, <laughs> so uh, and and, and a whole new world out there yeah so this is like this is stuff like i'm hearing for the first time sometimes uh, about stuff that's going on, going on around here um so so the nwa is kind of the topic for the day right mm-hmm. so I, I and 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 i was aware of uh the the pwx was you know also kind of co-labeled nwa east for a while territory and the nwa east was the territory name yes Mm -hmm. pwx nwa east so tell me you know people know and you know just kind of disclaim like there's the nwa power everybody's seeing that everybody's really getting into that that's owned by billy corgan now this is this is a whole different entity different ownership you know, this is not the. This is the thing that post ECW taking over title tournament. Shane Douglas throwing the belt down. Like this right. is kind of everything beyond that. Can you give people kind of a brief history what the NWA was when, let's say, it came to Pittsburgh in this form of NWA East? Right. What it was is in uh, in 1998, Howard Brody and the late Dennis Corluzzo. Uh, were in charge of the NWA at the time when they were trying to to revamp it. This is just after the whole Shane Douglas incident mm-hmm. with throwing, which down was ninety three ish, I believe. I believe mm-hmm. so. Now we're we're at about ninety seven, ninety eight now. Okay, um, and they co partnered, I guess, for lack of a better term, with WWE 
they had brought um, Jim Cornette, who was working with the company at the time. He uh, brought in some of the uh, of the NWA guys at that time. They started out with the North American title with, uh, I believe it was Jeff Jarrett. And uh, then Dan Severn eventually won the NWA World Heavyweight title. And these were being actually seen on WWE programming, uh, as well as they were starting to tear different territories up. Mm-hmm. Um, in 98, I actually had a match with Dan Severn for the NWA Heavyweight Championship uh, at NWA East. Um, so they kind of existed, <clears throat> and it was nowhere near what it was in the 80s at that point. It was just kind of starting to come back up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a rebuilding, because remember, NWA was, was the territory was purchased by Turner, converted into WCW. Yes. So they kind of... Like, the lineage kind of split at yeah, some point and I there. believe there was a period of time where in the uh, there was some language in the contract, I believe, that, you know, the NWA really didn't exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did in on paper, but mm-hmm. it wasn't allowed to, to exist. So, so the ECW, you know, as an NWA territory that we know from the birth of ECW... It was one of their attempts to kind of reboot. Yes. It yeah. was Eastern Championship Wrestling yes. at the time before it became Extreme Championship Wrestling. That's mm-hmm. where the, the, the birth was. The big the big swerve is what it basically was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, with with Shane and, and everything. So they were they they were kind of upset about that. Corluzo kind of lost his mind over that whole thing. You know, I, I don't know if uh, people weren't familiar. He was pretty much sitting at ringside listening to what was going on and watching what was going on and he was sitting next to Cod Gordon he was pretty much saying he, he, he's shitting all over the belt mm-hmm. and no 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 it's gonna be great it's gonna be great and then obviously <laughs> they pulled the swerve Shane dumps the title extreme championship wrestling and they went off yes the rest of there is history at least yeah yeah so you know they got involved with the WWE in, in a way to try to get away from that and hopefully kind of bury that that happened and, and revamp everything um, and that kind of went on with the different territories uh, from 98 to roughly around 2002. And then that's when the deal was struck with TNA, mm-hmm. who's now Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and basically, they took over the championships mm-hmm. at that time. So what did that look like? You, you, you mentioned NWA was East was here in 1998. Mm-hmm. Was was that what was PWX NWA East? Or was that yes? A, that, okay. Yes, PWX became a territory of the NWA. Okay. Jim Miller had signed on as a territory, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we were the NWA's territory. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Pittsburgh, the, the the Southwest Pennsylvania area, parts of I want to say uh, Maryland and maybe some of Ohio because there were also some other promoters around mm-hmm. like the West Virginia, Ohio areas too. And, so, and this is all under the NWAE's kind of banner. Well, no, they, there yep. were different NWA oh, territories. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, you know, you had territories in Virginia, you had territories in West Virginia. Yeah. Um, NWAE's did just kind of stick around this area. They never really traveled m- much outside mm-hmm. of, of the area, but they did own some other property, so to speak, as a territory. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, like I said, this went on to about 2002, and it really wasn't what it was. It mm-hmm. just it just wasn't at that point. It had no real steam. Uh, you had a bunch of promoters who basically were were buying in to being territories, but a lot of them didn't have 
the stroke it took to to really be anything. So so it was, it, it sounded like it was trying to um, use the playbook that worked through the seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. but didn't have the strong just the strong promoters. No, yeah, no, you didn't have. It, it was obviously it was it was not a full time job being a mm-hmm. professional wrestler at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. You know, it it just you know these territories these these promoters were not paying livable wages and having shows on a nightly basis and you know it was it was really still independent wrestling yeah. for the most part yeah. but they just had the NWA name yeah. on their hoping to, uh, I'm guessing hoping to kind of spruce up yes the visual yes yeah, yeah. You know, the NWA is back mm-hmm. but it never really gained steam mm-hmm. you know and then like I said the Jarrett's came in in 2002 and struck the deal uh, with NWA management at that time Mm-hmm. Uh, for for the the NWA name, so to speak. So that became it was something where, uh, and I remember that the, it was the old uh, you know the the Tennessee or Nashville fairground shows mm-hmm. uh, that that you're you know they're doing throwback shows here and there with uh, with the present Impact Wrestling, of course. But uh, it, and and I remember that was like oh they have the NWA belt that seemed to be like oh okay that's important and they're on television at least in this weekly pay-per-view fashion eventually television with uh, i think fox sports and spike tv if i remember my history right so so it was like probably the most visual thing for the nwa because right, prior prior to that point the the only big nwa shows every year mm-hmm. was the annual conventions mm-hmm. and none of that was televised in any way shape or there was no real tv for any of I mean, unless you had TV for your local promotion, which PWX had here locally. Which, yes, yeah, we, they did under they did actually for a, a small period of time under the NWA banner. Yeah, uh, so because yeah, I noticed that even the like ninety seven ninety eight stuff I, I've ha- been privy to does not have any NWA labeling on it. It does not, but in ninety eight that match with Dan Severn was broadcast on TV. Really. It was broadcast on the television show. Yes. And again, and again, that is a show that uh, was uh, nicely sandwiched between uh, Shotgun Saturday Night from WWF and uh, and, and ECW, ECW at the time. Right. So, like, I mean, when we do talk about like that, that was the that was the hot TV oh, sure. period sure. for for Pittsburgh wrestling. Sure. Uh, I guess the first post studio wrestling era, mm-hmm. I would say. So yeah, yeah, and it was the first one with some type of name recognition because we were, like you said, we were in between two. Mm-hmm. known entities at mm-hmm. the time that were, you know, a little bit, even though ECW was still kind of an independent thing, you know, I mean, a lot of the guys in ECW also worked independent promotions because yeah. there still wasn't enough income just being ECW at the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. but they were still a little bit more, they were almost like a mid-major kind of, kind of a thing. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, uh, so there was really not, not a lot of, um, exposure mm-hmm. at the time. And then I, my guess is they figured the TNA deal would be, that exposure, but even though the territory still existed, mm-hmm. your champions under TNA were all these big names, and mm-hmm. you know, nobody's going to bring those guys in. Because you know, can't afford, afford to. to. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's, like an, it's, it's economic. So the NWA basically became TNA at that point, even though you still had territories running around. So, um, and, and you told me an interesting fact on that. So, of course, you know, we're familiar with the tag championships, and the uh, world championship obviously went with. Uh, NWA guys like uh, I think what Ken Shamrock, uh, uh, R Truth, Ron Killings, and and you know that that lineage is there. But uh, you know now if you watch uh, NWA TV, there's also a North American Championship, mm-hmm. and you had some involvement with that. That that title actually, um, it came to the NWA East territory uh, through Quinn Magnum. Mm-hmm. He uh, had gone down 
in 2001 at the convention show in Tampa, and he uh, they, he had got the NWA North American Championship belt. I believe the guy's name was Spider, was who had it at the time. Um, not a real big player in the game, more okay. than, uh, like a local to where he was, okay, kind of a thing. But he had he had the, the North American belt, um, so that came to the Pittsburgh territory at that point. Um, Jim Miller was actually the president of the NWA at the time. Okay. So and it moved into his territory. Uh, Quinn actually was had had gotten injured, mm-hmm. and when it came up to the next convention show, he was not able to fulfill going to the show. Mm-hmm. This is when they were going to the TNA deal. Yeah. And at that point, the idea was to move that belt again to the TNA side. Yeah. Okay. The, the world championship was already on on. Ron Killings at the time, who was already a TNA player. Uh, you know, the TNA signed him up, obviously. Uh, Jim uh, James Storm, and I cannot remember who his tag team partner uh, Chris was. Chris Harris? I think it was, yeah. yeah. Chris Harris, yes. Ex- yes, it was. Uh, they were the world tag team champions, and again, they were signed up by TNA. So they already had those those titles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I we did a, a quick deal here in Pittsburgh where, you know, the asshole Paul Atlas underhandedly took the belt from Quinn Magnum. Mm-hmm. And I went to Corpus Christi, Texas, basically to move the belt to the TNA side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Jorge Estrada was the gentleman who, who I worked there. He was a, one of the flying Elvises. Oh, so, oh, one of the high points of early TNA, if yes, I recall, right? Flying Elvises. <laughs> yeah, funny. And, and it's kind of, kind of a funny story about that because um, co- leaving – Pittsburgh to go to Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. uh, I kept my gear bag as my carry-on because I had the belt in it, and you know I was not about to take a chance that airports being uh, what they were. That is a rule. Don't check your belt, yes. if I recall <laughs> so, hearing. And unfortunately, post 9-11, uh, <laughs> as it went through the x-ray machine, <laughs> TSA decided they needed to get a better look at this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here they are you know, taking all my gear out and all this, and I'm like, oh, what a pain this is. <laughs> so that night when we were uh, on the show and we were getting ready and, and Jorge and I were in the back, and um, you know, we went over things, and I said, you know, okay, you know, we, we come up with the finish, and I said, okay, now it's your job to get this thing back to your place through airport security. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, dude, you're – you're winning the belt tonight, not just the match. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, wait a minute. We, we've got to change that finish. I can't do this the way. I said, dude, you're on TV every week. Mm-hmm. Just do your thing. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Yeah, well, like my, my job is to get this yes, to my you. My job is to make you look good and give this to you tonight. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry about me. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> so they did that. And then after that, the belt basically disappeared. Yeah. It was never seen on. I don't think it was ever seen on TNA's television product again. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have no knowledge. It's not brought up in any history or anything. Uh, It was basically the world and the world tag team titles through TNA. So, so from that, like, you know, they, they, they had the NWA locked up until about, I think you said 2007. Around 2007. They, they, I don't know what exactly how it all transpired, but, um, at the time, a gentleman by the name of Bob Trobich, who became the president of the, the, the NWA at that time, mm-hmm. and he is, uh, I guess, right-hand man, David Marquez, who was running uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood out in L.A. Mm-hmm. 
and he and he had a big TV set up out there. And all well, that. it's still running on uh, yes. on Fight TV. Mm-hmm. You can watch that now. Actually, yeah. they um, were in, integral in getting the belts moved back. To, I guess TNA. I don't know if TNA at that point had said, you know, we don't really. We've established ourselves. We don't yeah. need this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. This is doing. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Wasn't doing anything for them. Yeah. So the belts were coming back. And it was at that time in 2007, Brian Anthony, my old tag team partner in the wrong crowd, called me up and he's like, hey, um, did you hear the NWA is coming back with the belts? So, Because at one point in the 90s, there was conversation that the wrong crowd may become NWA tag team champions. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, I, I wasn't really aware of it at the time. And uh, he says, well, what do you think? One more run. What the hell? Yeah, let's do it. In the meantime, in this period before 2007, like it was still an NWA East territory. Yes, this still the existed. whole time the territories existed. Right. It's just the only thing you the the, the most of the board belts the the North American that were not heard from, mm-hmm. and the two major belts were all TNA. Mm-hmm. So it was just a bunch of different promotions called NWA whatever so you mm-hmm. were the nwa east champion the nwa midwest champion we heard things like wild side yes. and and yes. what nba anarchy i think may have been a thing mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so so all those guys yep okay so that's it was it was just kind of a bunch of different promotions called nwa mm-hmm. yeah there was no it was no it was not like it was back you know where you had the champion who traveled the world champion who traveled the territories mm-hmm. it, it was none of that was going on during the tna time mm-hmm. so but but there was like so everybody hoped that they had maybe that that would help their name value because yeah. everybody does see NWA, NWA every week on the yes. TNA. Yeah, interesting. So okay, and again back to it coming back to NWA in Pittsburgh. Right. So so like I said, we decided yeah okay we'll do we we were actually I was still working with at NWA East at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian was not, and like I said, he called me. He said you know well, why don't we give it a shot, mm-hmm. see what we can do. So I said okay, and we were actually running. Um, the Atlas Wrestling Company gimmick at the time in NWA East. And basically what that was is um, I did a takeover okay. for the most part. I, okay. I formed my own wrestling company inside the company. Okay. So, and, and a lot of this was both Quinn and I you know, doing this, um, where we would, at first we actually ran like half the show was NWA East, mm-hmm. half the show was Atlas Wrestling Company. We had our own champion, they had their own champion. So it was like two shows in one mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And then we did a runoff match where winner takes all. Yeah. And you know, I said to Quinn, I said, why don't we do something that nobody does? You know, whatever, what usually happens at the big runoff at any takeover angle? The good guys win the win. I said, let's not do that. <laughs> let's have the Atlas Wrestling Company win the company. So this is like if the NWA beat WCW and we it just became mm-hmm. NWA Nitro, like you know, for context, right? Yeah, right. So it was, he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Mm-hmm. And we did that, and we did it. We changed everything. Mm-hmm. We changed the website. Mm-hmm. We changed the titles. Everything became AWC at that point. So we did the the ultimate swerve of a takeover angle, which the good guys didn't win. Mm-hmm. So, so we were doing that at the time, and the uh, the national championship was back in existence at that point. Um, and Chance Prophet had it at the time mm-hmm. from out of West Virginia. So we had him in for a show, and we did an angle where during his match, Brian and I ran out and we attacked him, and we stole the belt. And we basically cut a promo backstage with the title, 
on Trobich as the NWA, new NWA president, basically saying, you know, he's the son and he's going to pay for the sins of the father because we should have got our shot years ago at the World Tag Team Championships. We're holding this belt hostage till we get our fair due. You're going to pay for what Howard Brody and everybody else did to us years ago, which was screwed us. Mm -hmm. So that was the big angle to start that off. Um, We were going to have a a tag match with Chance involved, and then he got hurt. So that kind of didn't materialize. And in the meantime, you know, we were doing promos calling out the champs and everything else. The champs at the time were Joey Ryan and Carl Anderson. They were called the Real American Heroes. And they were working out of Marquez's And this is the table. same Joey Ryan with the dick flip these yep, days? it is. And the same Carl Anderson <laughs> from WWE. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So they were working for, uh, for Marquez out of, out of L.A., mm-hmm. out, out, of, out of Hollywood. And they had the, the tag team championship belts. So in the meantime, in Virginia, the North American tag team champions were down there. They were the old school express. It was Preston Quinn and Mike Booth. So we were able to secure them to come in for a, for a, a, a show, kind of like a, you know, you're not just going to jump right to the tag team titles of the world. You're going to work your way up kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. And we did a 30-minute Broadway with them where we had them at the end and the bell goes off. Damn it. So at this point, um, they were still having the conventions, but they weren't having the convention shows anymore because basically those shows were a cluster. Mm-hmm. They were long, they were lengthy, and you know you get that many promoters in and, one room. Yeah, and too it's many, hard to... too many hands in yeah, in, in exactly. one place for a show. I mean, we've seen this at charity shows, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> right? Yeah, so they weren't doing those anymore. Mm-hmm. So during that convention, they decided that in the in the in the midst of all this, okay, we're going to move the. North American tag team to the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. So we kept trying to get them back in after that. And this was towards the end of uh, 2008 at this point. And every time we tried to book them up there, it was something. Mm-hmm. I got to work, uh, you know, my kid's birthday, <laughs> all this crap. So in the meantime, we're cutting promo after promo after promo on these guys. And we're cutting them in all kind of different locations, you know. We, we, we skipped one of our own shows because we were doing it in protest, and the show was called Dead Calm, so we went out in the middle of the woods like the old Dusty Rhodes Magnum TA James <laughs> Boy promo and you know, the dark. And, and, and in the meantime, Joey Ryan and Carl Anderson are firing at us like, you low rent. We do promos in television studios, and you do them in people's living rooms. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, it's dead calm. We're out in the woods. It's calm. It's silent. <laughs> Do you get it? And we're kind of going back and forth with all this, too. So finally in January, we were, well, it was in December, we were able to secure the show in January, but we had to go to Asaki, North Carolina, which is about eight hours outside of Pittsburgh as part of the NWA Virginia Territory. Okay. No big deal. So we did that. Um, Rick O'Brien ran the, West, ran the Virginia Territory. Uh, Rick's a real good guy. Um, so we came in and they were doing the NWA worldwide program. It was at this point, I think it was more of a streaming program, Mm -hmm. kind of the infancy of the streaming. So this is streaming program in 2008. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it was kind of maybe YouTube was maybe getting a foothold by then. It wasn't a lot of, it wasn't an actual television show. Yeah. Um, so we had to come in, we had come in and, uh, you know, at that same night, also up here, 
NWA East was able to secure Adam Pierce at the time, who was the, uh, the world champion. So it was kind of like a trade-off. He comes in, we go there. Uh, he worked with Corey Graves at our place. We went down there to work with those guys. Uh, so we came in, and they're doing the NWA worldwide thing. So they're saying, you know, you got to do the pre-tape for the show when it shows. And you, you want to talk about the promoter giving you instant heat with the boys. <laughs> so we do the pre-tape interview. And Rick's standing behind the cameraman, and we, we cut the promo. And he turns around to the entire locker room, and he goes, that's how you do a promo, boys. Wrong crowd in one take. <laughs> and we're like, damn. We are just, we're screwed. These guys are going to hate us. First, first <laughs> thing in that. a territory. Yeah, and first you get night, that. don't even know half these guys. Mm-hmm. They just showed all you up. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> So we do the match, and uh, obviously we went over for the belts. And at that time, they were starting to uh, put out the, you know, we want to bring the NWA back to what it was. You know, we're going we're gonna to boost the NWA back up. This is what Trobich was saying. I feel, I feel like I hear this phrase a lot in wrestling yes, here and there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know, we're going to get back to the heyday. We're going to get back to how it was. Mm-hmm. Well, the heyday is depending on where you're from. Yeah. You know, what era you're from. Are we talking 30 years ago? Are we talking... Yeah. Uh, for like, me, the heyday of the MWA is the 80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's when they had the, the real good stuff. Yeah. Know, in but, the 90s. And, and I think people forget, like, it took the NWA how many years of being the NWA yeah. to become 80s NWA. Sure, sure. And, so, of course, the advent of cable TV helped. Yeah. That, you know, because up until that time, it stayed, again, it was all regional stuff. Yeah. You didn't cross over. Nobody knew about who, you know, when a guy came into a territory, who's this new guy? Where did he come from? Right, Meanwhile, he's right. been in the business for 40 years. Yeah. You know, so they were talking all this up. So we're like, okay, we can do that. So again, we're, you know, we're doing our thing. You know, Joey and Carl are running us down for our cheesy promos in offbeat locations, you know, and, and we're firing back with our own, you know, you guys are just ducking us and all this stuff and, yeah, they just kept saying, you're not famous enough to fly out here to be worth our time. And it, it, I mean, it was some good stuff. We were doing some good stuff. But in the meantime, as far as the territories go, you know, nobody's knocking on the door. Nobody's booking mm-hmm. the champions. Nobody wants to pay to book the champions. Yeah. So this, this, this world country-spanning title has been relegated to a regional title. Basically. Basically. Right, right. Our, we had one rematch in Virginia with the old school empire. Mm-hmm. And here's to show you just how the state of the payment and everything else. Mm-hmm. We went down and Brian's payment and my payment was he bought our wrestling licenses because you had to be licensed in Virginia. Yeah. Curtis Stevenson, who was our manager, had to pay for his license to be on the show. So he basically paid to be on the show. Mm. So that's where this, you know, we're going to go back to how it was, but you, you know, here's your pay. It's your wrestling license. And you want to be on the show, give me money for the license. <laughs> so, where are you going with this? Mm-hmm. Dude? You're going mm-hmm. nowhere with this. Mm-hmm. And other than that, it was in our backyard, basically in, mm-hmm. in the NWA East territory. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it's getting to be, it's like, this is crazy. These guys want this stuff, but they're not doing this stuff. Yeah. And I remember when we were having our discussions, you know, probably in the flailing final days of NWA, 
or like on on our podcast, like like us as fans trying to figure out what the hell is the NWA these days, right? Right. Um, I, I recall like these articles about these business practices of the NWA wanted X, Y, and Z from the promotions to use the name, mm-hmm. and merchandising went through them, and all these kinds of things. So it it, it didn't. It was like. It sounded more and more like a pyramid scheme yeah, <laughs> in I mean, the long yeah. run. You had all these people paying the NWA to put the NWA name. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like buying a Little Caesars franchise. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. you're paying for the name, but it was up to you to make something. But out nobody of it. had a pizza that everybody wanted for five bucks to uh, exactly. to, to to build that into okay. a real business. Uh-huh. So, right. Because so again, that's... this is. Um, I mean, wrestling wasn't a downturn in the two thousands. You know, I watched the Ruthless Aggression documentary that talk about this. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in going into a recession in, in uh, 2009, we might be familiar with that these days because of things going on. Uh, but, you know, it, so so this was not a hot time and it was no, a difficult was time not. for the for the, especially the smaller promotions yes. that were yes. already maybe not being run that great. No. And then so they when it came time to move the belts back, they had contacted us about a three show swing. Mm-hmm. Um Two towns in in Louisiana, and one town in Texas. Um, it was going to be, I think their name it was the Skull Crushers, who they were going to move them to next. Okay. Uh, basically, the the first two nights were the, uh, you know, the dry run, mm-hmm. and then the third night we're going to move. Were the, the Skull Crushers anybody of significance? People out there would no, remember. No, I don't even uh-huh. remember who the two guys were. To be honest. <laughs> and you <laughs> worked them for a few nights. <laughs> Well, no, we didn't actually. Oh, okay. That's 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 where this gets starts to get really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so the deal was fifty dollars a night. Tran- they were going to fly us, fly everybody down and tour buses between the towns. Okay. In the hotel. So fifty bucks a day is you're losing money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Brian actually had to pull out because at the time he was an independent contractor at his regular job. Yeah. No vacation time, so he was losing money big time yeah. by doing this. So we said, you know, it's just not economical for us to do this. Mm-hmm. So we can't, we cancel it out. We have no problem. It's not, we'll drop the straps. We don't care. It's just we can't do this. So they were like, okay, we understand. So then it came up to um, do it on a show in Michigan. So the conversation kind of went like this. And this is an email conversation because you don't have instant messaging at this point and all this there is, I think we might have been up to MySpace at the time. At the time, yes, exactly. Yeah. MySpace was the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you guys are going to come in to such and such, Michigan, going to have the match and drop the belts. Okay, who's paying us? Crickets. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me, let me ask this again. Who's paying us, and what are we being paid? Well, the guy from... The Skull Crushers, he's like, well, I got my guys. Let me ask this again. <laughs> Who's paying us and what are we getting? Nothing. Finally, Bob Trobich chimes in and says, I'll give you 50 bucks a piece. Well, I have a feeling I know where our money was supposed to come from. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we said... Have them come to us. We had to go get them. Have them come to us. Oh, well, that's going to require plane tickets to get these guys done. Time out. Wait a minute. You're going to give us 50 bucks to drive there, Mm -hmm. but if they're coming to us, they get plane. 
we don't care how you do it or who you do it. We're not leaving Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it. And that's where the infamous UPS promo came in. <laughs> which is the thing you sent me after yes. our last interview, which we will um, – I'll, I'll make a note here t- uh, now to actually tag this. It is on YouTube. Yes. Uh, so, so tell me what happened next. <laughs> we are sitting in Brian's living room on a couch somewhat like this one. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we do cheesy promos in people's living rooms. How, how indie wrestling is yes. And we are talking about, we cannot believe how it's come to this. You know, everybody wants to be a big shot with the NWA. Everybody wants to be, the NWA wants to be big shots. But nobody wants to pay anybody anything to do so. They want to give you 50 bucks and a ham sandwich, basically, to come to their promotion. So I tell you what we're going to do. Curtis brings out a box. The belts go into the box. Tapes up the box. On screen comes, here's your tracking number, F-A-Q-N-W-A. <laughs> a real tracking number, and you put it out. So, so really, any fan could have tracked that, that, that package <laughs> with the NWA tag no, titles. No, it. It was never, they were never sent. No. That <laughs> tracking number... Is, is completely fictitious. Okay. Yes. F-A-Q. Mm-hmm. N-W. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> they didn't like that. Mm-hmm. They took exception to that. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, about a week, not even a week later, we get a call from Carl Anderson. <laughs> Dude, I just got back from Japan. I don't know what went on, but mm-hmm. Marquez is pissed at you guys. Here's a link. <laughs> oh, shit. Mike DiBiase, who at the time was the North American champion mm-hmm. out in Oklahoma. That was great. You guys just said what every <laughs> one of us was thinking out loud. <laughs> That's one of Ted's sons, right? Yes, okay. one of Ted's sons. Okay. He's like... We're all thinking it. You guys said it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, well, we're just... And, and so on brand with you guys. <laughs> exactly. For with the wrong crowd. We exactly. talked a lot about that in your last interview, yeah. of course. So, yeah, they were really, really not happy with us. And I don't know why. <laughs> so the decision, I guess, was made that it's going to move internally. I don't know. I don't know what the conversation was. I don't, I'm assuming it was something along the lines of pick two guys and get our damn belts back. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being Brandon Kay and Corey Graves. Okay. So we came out that night in our street clothes. Music, you know, music hits. We come out with the belts. And, you know, we're like, they wouldn't even accept them back. I mean, we did send them collect, but mm-hmm. I guess they don't want to pay for that either. And I had a conversation with those guys, and I had a conversation with the music guy that night because I said, basically, we're going to throw the belts down and – we're going to go to piss on them. I said, you guys better all be on cue mm-hmm. because I'm not going to stand there with my zipper down pretending I can't find myself. It will happen. <laughs> so you better be on cue, which thankfully everybody was on cue that night. We did the match in street clothes, and it was what was really nice about it is Kevin Kelly was actually in that night and did the commentary. Nice. Nice background on the NWA and the different problems with – what we were experiencing mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the NWA. So 
I don't know if Jim was told, make sure you get those belts at all costs when that bell goes off, because I had told Curtis, I said, grab the belts after the finish and slide them in the ring to us. We're doing this our way. Mm-hmm. So he literally had to like pry them out of Jim's hands because I, I just I think they were that unsure what we I, I honestly think what they thought of in, in when they saw that promo was Shane Douglas all over again, mm-hmm. which little PTSD as a company. I'm yes, sure. <laughs> yes, Pittsburgh guys. Uh huh. Uh huh. Who'd have thought? Or notorious. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the finish goes down. He gets the belts. He slides them in, and I cut the promo of, you know, everybody's talking about how they want the NWA to be what. It, what it was and i believe it was something like i said you know the rock and roll express because we're talking tag team right now rock and roll express midnight express road warriors anderson and blanchard Mm -hmm. that's my nwa that is the nwa that i know and love we're not going to be a part of this nwa anymore you guys are the champions congratulations we handed them the belts good luck to you and walked out on our own terms. So we turned a completely crap situation into a big-time moment, basically, mm-hmm. that these idiots couldn't figure out yeah. how to do. Yeah. yeah. And I remember Brandon taking the belt from me, and he's like, are you serious? Are, are, are you leaving? I said, yeah, I'm serious. Because I had the conversation with Quinn when we discussed it, and he had asked me <laughs> where I saw us going after this, and I said, mm. he went, you're not coming back, are you? I said, Got a sour taste. Well, right it was now. already the one last run. Yeah, going well, into this, but it was it was, and it wasn't even so much that as as it was the NWA itself. And I told Quinn, I said, "This has nothing to do with you. Believe me." Mm-hmm. I said, "Just dealing with these idiots for the last eight months, mm-hmm. I've had enough for right now." Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah. we're just we're going to fade away for a bit. We're out of here. Um, we actually do have a question from the chat room okay. in regards to this. this. Is a very important question. Along with this, Marcus Mann is asking, uh, Paul, what equipment did you guys film wrong crowd promos on at the time? They get 2008. We didn't have the iPhone was not a thing yet. No, we actually had a small like point and shoot video camera. Yeah. And on you tape. have to download to the computer or well, not download like like play and record right. off. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To a computer. And then you could upload it to YouTube. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. It's, I'm old, Marcus, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. No, the promos were not shot on iPhones. Yeah. You know, we, we had a point and shoot mm-hmm. that we used. We used it to tape everything, and then we just, you know, we would, Curtis would take care of all the video, uh, you know, uploading for us. Yeah, because he has he he was the one with the video and photography background of the group. Exactly, of course, still doing photography these days. Yep. As well, you know, responsible for the great um, rise in, in indie cards that are, are trading cards that we see around the area yep. these days. Yep. So. so he was he was doing all of that, and uh, yeah, they they uh, they really, I don't know, they got really upset about. It. <laughs> So it's like we handed you. You want to be big time? We handed you a ready-made egg. Mm-hmm. Force us to defend these things. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. Run with this. And all yeah. they could think of is get our belts back. They mm-hmm. can't do that. So, and this was an ongoing thing. And I think um, you know until like you know I, I remember you know Colcabana being with some NWA title stuff. And I can't remember if this was before or after Billy Corgan. Uh, uh, had a lot taken of that was I mean, a lot of that was still like under. 
Well, it was Trobich for a while, and then I believe another attorney, Bruce Tharp, took over for a while. Yeah, I remember that name. He yeah. is the last one before Billy Corgan and a lot of because mm-hmm. there was some kind of again another some kind of issue with mm-hmm. the you know NWA management uh, with Trobich and there is don't know the ins and outs and don't really care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's up there you know, rumors from you know reading this internet because you know that's reliable but yeah a lot of like people taking vacations and traveling and like mm-hmm. i've heard things about that yeah you know is. on nwa money so wherever that came from i don't know uh from the sounds of things <laughs> it's like i just you know everybody talks a big game but when you try to give them the big you know when somebody who knows a little bit about what's going on tries mm-hmm. to help that out and again you know it, to me that was nwa 80s was the big time that was yeah. the, you know, that was yeah. the real life time for the nwa do, do you have you seen any of the newer nwa product that's being I've put seen out bits now? and pieces mm-hmm. i've never actually watched the entire like an entire episode mm-hmm. i've seen some clips like on social media certainly some um aesthetic callbacks it seems mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it's almost like the tbs format yeah yeah so, so. um so whatever that becomes like it, it seems like it's uh a very stylized thing. So as far as getting back to what made it good, yeah, like they're, I mean, they're, let's face it. I mean, you have an entertainer in charge now. Oh, absolutely. You know who who knows a lot about this. I mean, like I said, during this period in time, you're talking about attorneys mm-hmm. running mm-hmm. the NWA. Yeah, they don't really have that background. They're attorneys. You know, no offense, David Lawless, but it just doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's kind of with contracts, but that's about it. It's kind of the question mark that came through the WCW years because it was um, there were people like they they threw so many non wrestling people at mm-hmm. the wrestling company. Exactly. Like even wasn't like a former uh, uh, exec from Pizza Hut involved? Jim Hurd. Yeah. Jim Hurd. Yeah, that so, was the one who wanted Ric Flair to cut his hair and put an earring in and change his name and all this crap uh, to a Ric Flair or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Rick friggin' Flair, dude. Yeah. He was he was the one who actually cost them the big gold belt because. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he demanded Flair give it back, and Flair said, "Give me my twenty-five grand, my my surety bond back." And he said, "Screw you!" Said, All right, and where did it end up? Over on WWF television, <laughs> and that's where me, with my localized, only receiving WWF, was like, "What is this big gold belt I've never seen before?" Because I don't get NWA in yep. in in you know Upper uh, Western Pennsylvania mm-hmm. <laughs> in the in nineteen ninety two. Over the fact that Jim Hurd thought he knew more than the wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny how those things work out. <laughs> uh, well, either way. Hey, you know, another fantastic piece of history, and maybe some people are hearing for the first time, or at least hearing the extended version of yes. the story for the first time. Um, but you're not done. At least you're still announcing. You're do, still yes. doing great things with Rise Wrestling, and still there uh, influencing the new talent. Yes, as much, uh, you know, as much as I can. I mean, I've I've been in this business for 30 years, and you know, it's 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 a true truth part of my life, and I like to try to give back as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually dusting them off at least one more time this year okay uh beast brawl coming up on may 16th dean has asked me if i wanted to be involved again oh yeah that's breaking news isn't it so yes i will will indeed be involved in the in in beast brawl again this year fantastic at least for now excellent excellent um and uh it's a other stuff coming in you've been named going underground there's yes. a lot still in development, I understand, yes, with is. it. Yeah. Uh, you, but, just have, you have to stay tuned. Mm-hmm. We're not going to give it all away just yet. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Uh, so a lot coming out from that uh, as well. So, uh, again, and uh, uh, so check out Beast Brawl. Uh, we got the listing there. I, I don't think there's a site for it or anything yet. Uh, Dean so Radford yet. has been putting out information, yes. including the, uh, uh, the first trailer for it, mm-hmm. the announcement trailer for it. 
Um, so, so keep an eye on that. And of course we're going to list all this stuff as we always do over at pittsburghwrestling.com as, as you know, uh, significant wrestling shows go on, uh, sure. uh, on there and cancellations with stuff <laughs> going on lately, of course. Um, but as things go, we, we hope that it can be a source for you guys to see what's going on with beast brawl, whatever this fight underground is going to become and whatever else myriad of shows that seem to be happening in Pittsburgh these days. <laughs> so you can keep an eye out for that. Where can people, uh, uh, keep an eye on you, uh, and what's coming up with you? Uh, on social media, Paul. Uh, well, you can. I am on Facebook, Paul Atlas, uh, at Paul Atlas on Instagram, and at Paul Atlas on Twitter. Excellent. Go check out. Thank you so much for joining us again. Sure, not a problem. I'm Anytime. waiting. I'm Enjoy waiting. It. I'm waiting for my message tomorrow about what you want next time <laughs> you come on. You want to chat There's about. There's so many things out there that I've done over the years. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, and thank you everybody. It's been a. Uh, 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 it's been a very active chat room as far as visual. I mean, you guys, it, it can t- I can see everybody was just sitting there listening, watching the numbers, <laughs> and Marcus spoke up with his question. Uh, but uh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. And uh, we'll be uh, doing what we can here. Schedule gets a little weird, and with everything going on, of course, we're going to try to keep this weekly as much as possible here with the Indie Mayhem Show. But again, if we don't have one for a week, there's plenty to check out, and there's probably something that you haven't heard. We've talked with so many people over the years on this podcast, and of course, over at Wrestling Mayhem mayhem show and uh, of course a lot of great inf- uh, great stuff happening over we can hear paul's wonderful voice over at indie wrestling.us and indie wrestling.network thank you guys so much uh, for joining us uh, we'll see you next time until then please support indie this show is a member of the sorgatron media podcast network Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.